Hello, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion on this beautiful snowy morning in Plainfield. We are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. And we welcome you all. We'll begin today with our morning prayer. I am reading Mrs. Eddie's prayer for us, prayer for oneself. It's on page 63 of Divinity Course and General Collectania. I thank thee, the Mother God, that neither ignorant, fraudulent, nor malicious mortal mind can reach me or affect me mentally, physically, financially, or otherwise. And I know it. For God is the only power. That I am not the victim of aggressive mental suggestion, nor the target of malicious animal magnetism, claiming to operate through any channel whatever. But I am the blessed legal child of God, spiritual, immortal, all harmonious, perfect, happy, healthy, pure, sinless, free, and fearless, and diseaseless, and deathless, expressing the substance of all good. Hold yourself constantly and consciously under God's eternal law of blessing, of happiness, harmony, health, peace, joy, power progress, protection, abundance. There is no other law, only a contrary mortal mind lie, which you are awake and alert to and not under. Mary Baker Eddy. That's beautiful. That'd be a good watch message. Where was that from? Blue book, yeah. Okay. Thank you. What page I still haven't heard? 63. 63. All right. Our watching point. Watch watch number 178. Watch lest you continue to mix the spiritual method with human desire and believe yourself to be a progressive Christian scientist. Mortals bring into Christian science the human desire for ease and comfort in matter an attempt to mix this with the spiritual method, which has for its purpose to free mortals from illusion. If they are not progressive, they will continue to use this method as an easier way of obtaining and maintaining human health and prosperity than a material one. Such an attitude fails to perceive the value in human affliction. A man digging a well is tempted to stop digging when he finds surface water. Yet unless he continues to dig deeper, his water supply will fail in a drought. Human harmony might be called surface water that tempts us to stop in our search for the ever-flowing streams of spiritual good. It sounds odd to say that if one does not watch, he will find himself tempted to use demonstrations so that he can stop demonstrating. Mm -hmm. Mortal man yearns to find security in matter and brings this desire with him into science. Yet the right goal should be to reach reach the point where one cannot get along without demonstration and must demonstrate every day in order to eat, sleep, walk, talk, and even exist. Only in this way will human weakness be dissolved in divine strength. Why? Because demonstration means learning to rely utterly on God. A mortal who is prosperous, healthy, and merely refrains from certain things that are considered sinful is not the ideal in Christian science. We are seeking to throw off a finite sense of man so that God's man will appear. Thank you. Very important comments. <clears throat> well, there's so much in this <laughs> this watch. I, I was thinking about so many points in this that to 
value human affliction because what it is doing, it's forcing us to lay off um, a mortal sense of self for God's reflection. And so every demonstration, everything that we're doing, when it says every, you know, just we, we can't, we shouldn't be able to get along without it, eating, sleeping, whatever we're doing. And it's just so important. And I know where I was previous to coming here was that I had to make a demonstration so that I could go back <laughs> and do what I wanted to do, humanly speaking. But that's not, that is so not what this is all about. And um, this watching point just brings that so clear um, about what this is really, what we're really doing here in Christian science. Thank you. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that so many of the, you know, Christian science churches um, encourage the idea that, you know, your demonstration is material prosperity and health. And that's the ultimate. When in fact, it has nothing to do with Christian science. I mean, you know, demonstration will result in all your needs being met. That could happen. But as you, and, and that is what attracts people to science is being healed of things that, you know, they can't otherwise be healed of. But if you don't grow beyond that stage, you don't really have a clue what the science is all about. And you can't really be of help to anybody else. And that is why so many of the Christian Science branch churches are closing. Because people in the churches didn't grow beyond that point, and they were therefore of no help to anybody else. I think this is why he said that um, when we are healed, you know, we ought to endeavor to understand how we are healed. Is because the a practitioner, whoever helped you, knew that it's not there to begin with. And we come to that conclusion by always knowing who we are, um, spiritual, well, as I guess the, press, the prayer that she gave us tells us, we are healthy, immortal. This has to be understood. And when we understand that, then we are, li- we are endeavoring or trying to live this way or knowing ourselves as spiritual, immortal, daily, which then becomes the basis of our living, our existence at all. Thank you. And what is a statement in the lesson? Oh, sorry. I'm just going to say... There's a statement in... (laughs) Go ahead, Gary. Well, I was just going to say, Paul says somewhere in the New Testament... uh, I, I rejoice in affliction, right? Yeah. And that's why. Because it forces him closer to God. That's why he was so that's why he was of such great use to God. That's why the New Testament is filled with his writings. And that's why Mrs. Eddy respected him so much. Okay, Karen. <clears throat> well, there's a statement in the lesson that says truth will will at length compel us all to exchange the pleasures and pains of sense for the joys of soul. So really, we have no choice if we really understand what that's saying. Truth is compelling us to. <clears throat> so it, we have to see that's what's really going on is we're compelled to to see that the pains and pleasures that we, or the pleasures particularly, that only, the, anyway, I, I just saw that that statement goes so well with the marching point. Yeah, and I, I thought, you know, what we talked about last week, too, goes along with this, that article cite by Kroger where um, yeah. the person was born blind and and I, I love the person the practitioner says you can rejoice that you're at, at this point that you you're going to have to prove your sight is not yeah. material but spiritual and and this is the point we all come to 
where everything we do, we have to be proving, we have to go up higher, we have to ascend the hill, that everything, we rely on God for everything. Um, and it is part, Mrs. Eddy says, this is what happens. Our con consecration doesn't become less, but more. And as you were saying, Karen, you know, we start off thinking we have choices. Oh, we can do this or that. As you grow, you get where you don't feel you don't have a choice. You, ha you have to demonstrate. You have to do these things. Save, Lord, or I perish. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a good place to be. I mean, I, I do feel I, I need God to get to sleep. I need God to see. I need God to maneuver around. I need God for everything. Um, Carrie had sent me, I think, three of Mrs. Eddie's favorite hymns. It's interesting. One was Eternity. I, I think I, I've known this. That's why we sing that sometimes. Anyway, especially at New Year's. Or no, maybe that's it. Eternity, the clanging bells of time, right? Mm -hmm. And then, um, but one of them was I Need Thee Every Hour. And that's a beautiful hymn. One to sing often. To, mm -hmm. You know, Mrs. Eddie, what she said, I, I can't do a thing as the... As just a person, I'm the weakest mortal on earth, but as the the founder and discoverer of Christian science, I'm the bone and sinew of the world. So this is a good place to be. And all this other stuff, whether it's a physical healing or the beautiful home or the car or whatever, it doesn't mean anything. You might have all that, but... What means everything is your connection with God, because without that, you are truly nothing. <clears throat> and it, it makes sense that we're supposed to demonstrate over human things, only because I was thinking of the Bible study yesterday, and that initial blessing, the end of it says, and their works do follow them. So, and we know human harmony is not going to follow us. <laughs> you know, human things will be left behind. So. Yes, yes. Yeah. And even the human harmony, it, it's not human harmony. It really isn't. Um, it's the love you have expressed to others and the joy you have given them and the healing that you have done for others that follows you. Because that is God with us. That, that is what Emmanuel, or God with us, is. And he's with us all the time. <laughs> and truly, I mean, all of this is in the Bible and Mrs. Eddy's works, but the Carpenter books, all of these things that explain it even more so, are so invaluable. And I, I will say, if that is all the organization did, was not allow us to have these books so that we could, these these branch churches, I mean, I don't, I don't fault anybody. Um, I mean, we would have been the same way, probably. It was because of yeah. what happened to us and all the books that we, we received um, and, and the teachings of, of Mrs. Evans, who was an old-time Christian science healer and knew knew from when she came and what she where spoke. Where she spoke, yeah. Yeah, where she spoke. So. But God wouldn't allow us to be <clears throat> stuck in that, you know, limited way of thinking. He, he had to free us from the organization. Yeah, it was the overall plan. <laughs> it was God doing and that is that is this is what explains what some people don't understand when Mrs. Eddy says trials are proofs of God's care. All right, our subject today is soul, and um, Linda, you wrote about the golden text, so you can read it and and tell us what you said. Yes, the, the Lord redeemeth the soul of His servants, and none of them that trust in Him sh shall be desolate. I just uh, looked up the word desolate, uh, and it says neglected, destroyed, solitary, without companion, afflicted, deserted of God, deprived of comfort. And so we will not be desolate. I thought that was beautiful. And then I looked up trust, and that's care, management, confidence, a reliance or resting of the mind on. So we're, I love that one definition, resting the mind on trust. That's like in the secret place of the Most High. 
to me. Um, so I just thought, what a beautiful promise. If we trust him, we won't be desolate. And uh, then I went through all the things that I tried to trust in with my human plans, human effort, human thinking, human love, human rules. But no, it's just trust in God. Yes, and this, this goes along with that watching point, total trust in God for everything. And I, I had a small demonstration of that when I, I wear reading glasses and I carry them all around the house usually. And I couldn't find them one day. And I, I looked all the obvious places and it came to me. I, I thought of what Linda wrote and it, it came to me clearly that they are hidden. They're hidden somewhere. You you can't see them. You're going to have they're hidden. And I do get thoughts like that when I lose something. Sometimes I get the thought you won't be able to find it because, you know, maybe you left it who knows, on an airplane or something. But um, <clears throat> this was just that they were hidden. So, I mean, our house isn't huge, but it's big enough. And I have a, a lot of places I was reading the day before. So I just had to say, okay, well, I have no idea. They're hidden. I can't be searching for them forever. So, so I got quiet. I thought about just trust God. God knows, as we all know. I don't know where it is. God does. And it came very clearly where they are. And I did have to search for them. They were hidden under a chair and not just under the chair they were hidden under the chair mm. so only god could have told me that and i and i knew that and I, I was grateful but that is that is demonstration demonstrating your oneness and so it should always be be helpless without it i could have they could have gone missing for i don't know how long but they didn't and i was grateful so so this is what it is, our total reliance. And then, yes, relying that <laughs> I don't even need glasses. And a lot of times I don't. <laughs> but our reliance has to be everything on the Father. So thank you, Linda. I thought that was very good and went well with the watching point. And then the beautiful responsive reading. I will bless the Lord at all times. This is what we're talking about. At all times, our thought on him. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. And then this. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And... <clears throat> Carrie sent me a beautiful article called Oh Mag No Magnify the Lord. Again, we should have it on their website and in the Liberator. It's by Anna Herzog. And um, part of it reads, The psalmist sang, Oh Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Who does not long to accept that joyous inf invitation? Who does not yearn to be so sure of God good that good may be exalted in his thinking and in his whole experience? We may greatly rejoice that the way to this much-to-be-desired result is being clearly shown to the world today through the teachings of Christian science. In miscellaneous writings 194, Mrs. Eddy says, The lens of science magnifies the divine power to human sight. Aha. And we then see the supremacy of spirit and the nothingness of matter. End quote. God's power is always infinite. As we go on learning about God and loving him more truly, our sense of his omnip omnipotence is enlarged day by day until sometime it will occupy thought to the entire exclusion of the beliefs of sin, disease, and death. And we shall then have seen the complete nothingness of earth. So this we do every day, magnify the Lord. Um, you know, wasn't that Mary, the mother of Jesus, her prayer? My soul magnify the Lord. And look what she brought forth. Wow. So what are you magnifying during your day? Are you grumbling to yourself about things? Or are you magnifying the Lord? You see, when you do, it swallows up all the era into victory. Or do you magnify people? 
or do you magnify other stuff? You can easily start by just being grateful for every good thing instead of just taking it as, a, <clears throat> you know, something you deserve or whatever. But yes. Well, and that's that's a good that's a good point because when you when God provides something for you, whatever, you know, companionship, uh, a nice home, good job. Do you do you magnify God in your gratitude for it, or do you magnify it at the expense of God? One of the th- first things I remember when I came here to Plainfield, we were leaving church one Sunday, and Craig was there, and a few other people were there, and somebody said to Craig, that's a, that's a really nice car that you have. And Craig just said, God is good. <laughs> and I thought of that ever since then. Beautiful. That's beautiful. That, that t- transferred, it, transferred it all back to the... The spiritual, the origin of it. Yeah, the source, right? That's good. Mm-hmm. He said that in um, 2.13 of, of the Blue Book, he says, soul is consciousness. We are the children of soul. If we knew this, there would be no dimness of sight nor dullness of hearing. I thought that was interesting. That is beautiful. Yes, soul is identified with many things, and that is certainly one, the senses of soul rather than senses of matter, which is why, yes, our hearing, our sight, our touch, feeling, if you are lacking in any of those, you can know they're yours by divine right. And and it's in the lesson. Soul has infinite resources with which to bless you and mankind, of course. Yes. Hello? Yes. This is Ingrid. Um, I just want to share from um, what you said about sight. Um, It has blessed me so much. I have never needed to use glasses only because of this Trudeau, the science of the Christ. And these two statements that I always have present and always keep. Uh, one is we see through divine mind, not matter, because the worldly thing is telling us the opposite all the time. And I have eyes because I see. Uh, this is being so wonderful because we are taught by anatomy and whatever, biology or whatever, even from kindergarten probably, that... Um, we see because we have eyes. So we are we are taught the opposite so early. And it's wonderful this statement of absolute spiritual truth. We have eyes because we see. And every time those things just really do it. If error is coming to uh, just lie that I can't see something, sometimes it's the lie is that is something small too small, or uh, sometimes it can be that it's something very far away or, or not big enough. But either way, this truth, this this even just these two truths dispel that lie all the time. It's been such a blessing, and I'm sharing the blessing. Thank you so much for sharing you guys all this time with us. Thank you, Ingrid. That's beautiful. Yes. <clears throat> and, you know, I, I've learned sometimes when there is something wrong with us, whatever it is, eyesight or mobility or whatever, you tend to focus on what's wrong. Think about what's right. Yeah. Think about all that you can see or all that you can do. If your right arm doesn't work so well. Well, think about the rest of your body works great. Focus on what, that that's magnifying the Lord again. Think about what's good. And the more you do that, the other thing will correct itself too, because it's not the truth. I remember as a child, I, I was told I had eye problems and things and supposed to wear glasses. I did for a while. But once we got into Christian science, I was able to put those glasses away. And and I I, I don't know whether I've ever really given gratitude for that, but that's true. 
once we got into Christian science, I didn't have to wear glasses. But as, as Ingrid said, you're, a lot of stuff is laid on to you at an early age that your eyes, you see because of your eyes, not because of God. So there were many things like that that changed in my life. Whatever, I don't even remember what age my mother came into it, and she was healed of cancer by reading the textbook. But a lot of things, I can remember crying and not wanting to go to the doctors, doctors telling me this, that, and the next thing. And once, once we got into science, all that stopped. Something to be very grateful for. It's a tremendous, powerful truth, and even a little bit of it, and even if you don't understand all of it, it's highly effectual. Thank you, Ingrid. So remember to magnify the Lord. In this article, it says one of the things how to do it is page 261 of Signs and Health. Hold thoughts steadfastly to the enduring, the good, and the true, and you will bring these into your experience proportionately to their occupancy of your thoughts. So, are you doing that? And then we have the most beautiful psalm, don't we? Psalm 121. Lawrence, you want to read that for us? Yeah. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. And even forevermore. Yes, thank you. What, what comfort. What doesn't that psalm not cover? Um, so beautiful. Uh, Carrie also sent a few articles about this idea of the, of the hills from whence cometh my help, looking up. And, you know, Mrs. Eddy's definition of, of mountains and rocks and uh, something steadfast and firm. And, and always, any kind of a problem, we look up to God always. And um, always to know, again, our trust, our help is always from him. And he neither slumbers nor sleeps. So during the day, during the night, you're having trouble sleeping. Father is with you. And he's your keeper. And the shade upon thy right hand. And the right hand is the side not carrying a shield. So even where you might feel you're unprotected, he is protecting you. And then the sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. Now, there's a lot in this, because, right, there's all this stuff about the sun damaging you in some way. No, not according to God. And also the moon. The moon, all the all the things about the moon, and it will not turn us into a lunatic. Yeah, we'll do, or a, yeah, howling wolf, or what? <laughs> or other superstitions. Yes. And then you know, I was thinking, um, if you're, if any of you, you know, think you're dealing with some life-threatening disease, first of all, how can anything threaten life? God. God. It's impossible. There's no such thing as a life-threatening disease. And, and the other thing, there's just a basic truth. If God puts you here to do his work, to do his will, won't he keep you here in good working order? I, I have helped and healed so many people, including myself, with that one thought. You can trust that. He will. If there's a, even a slight part of you that responds to that that feels you have some work here to do 
you you can't be removed. This is Evans used to always say, you have to want to go. You have to want to die. (laughs) And all that ever dies are your false beliefs. Um, The thing that gets to people is, is unresolved issues. And I've seen that too. If you just are so overwhelmed because you have all these people you hate or all these people that you think hate you or your house is a mess, your your financial state is in disarray, you've let things go and go and go. Finally, you just, as Mrs. Evans also said, you take a convenient disease and you sail out. And guess what? You wake up somewhere else with <laughs> exactly. a man. Same issues. Same issues. It's better to stay with this group and work it out. That's it. Stay with this group and work it out. And if you've got unresolved issues, resolve them here. You can. Be at peace. Peace be still. If you have to do it eventually, you might as well do it now. You might as well do it now. And about that life-threatening, I just read in Collectania the other day that Mrs. Eddy said, life is not constantly long life is perpetually self-renewed <laughs> absolutely thank that. you yes mm-hmm. and and we're on the road of eternal life that knows no sense of death but just be at peace at that acquaint thou thyself with him and, and be at yes be at peace and it's available for the smallest youngest child I keep going back to my grandma but <clears throat> She was in the hospital years ago, and uh, she was getting worse and worse and worse. And then she picked up her Bible, and she realized that she hadn't done everything God asked her to do. And she says, oh, I can't go. Exactly. (laughs) There you go. There you go. There you go. And and I referred to his grandmother yesterday at the Bible study because she was just this remarkable God fearing, loving person. I love to hear the stories about her. It's just wonderful. Those kinds of people are just remarkable. Christianity. Christianity, yes. True Christianity. And and she came from her background, not directly, but tenant farmers and beyond that, slaves. But they got God in their lives. And and it resulted now in Craig too. He he got hold of it. So what a blessing, huh? What a blessing! Yeah, what a blessing, <laughs> Craig. <laughs> so yes, that beautiful. You can work with so many things there. It pres- preserves thee from all evil. Preserves your soul, your inner being, and you're going out and you're coming in. Wherever you go. From this time forth, even forevermore. It's another wonderful hymn to memorize, to pray with, always. And, um, Craig, go ahead. Someone want to speak? Yes, I, I was going to say when you talk about going to the doctors, I still remember, uh, perfectly the fear so amazing that i felt the first time my client said you have to go to this person and he's going to tell us how bad you are and all this stuff (laughs) it didn't make any yeah it didn't make any sense to me we had this person is going to tell you know it just didn't make any sense i'm sure it's to all of us but the fear that I felt that this wasn't anything right. And, and we know we're not talking about doctors. Science and health is so clear and other writings. We love doctors and we love them and I do. And, and we love their willingness to do good for humanity, what they understand to be good. Thank you. But I'm talking about just the fact that we all naturally, I'm sure all of us, if, if anybody thinks about the first times you went to that office, the fear was so overwhelming because we naturally know what is to get close to God and what is to get farther from it. And, and the child you do. Yes, we, we do. And of course, we are all children of God, no matter 
how long we've been here on Earth. So we still know, obviously, what what is to get closer to God and what is not. And and it's present right there. The feelings are present right there. And if we could just just listen to it and, and, and really feel what is that love calling us. No, don't go there. Come here. Because it, it was always present. I remember exactly those feelings. And I try to also use that to to use it today, like be aware of those feelings. This is right from inside God telling us. Yes, um, so true. Yes, we all have it. We, we are children of God at any time. All, all our lives here in this human sense of life, we are still children. Yes. And we have, nobody can take that away. That's right. Thank you. Well, and that's why our Sunday school is so, right? To, if we can teach children to magnify the Lord and and give them a little bit of an understanding as to why that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Magnify the love instead of the fear. Exactly. Yeah, because they're getting taught right now that, oh, the doctors are great and good and vaccinations and all of that. So sure, and wear a mask to school and all this All of this, stuff. which preys on their innocence, but we can reverse that. And, and Linda has done these wonderful booklets, the first one, Watching for Our Children. Now she's doing another one on contagion. And they're different from the Liberator. They're different, and they're smaller. You can keep them in your purse or whatever. Mm-hmm contagion is and then these beautiful articles models of excellency for our children so they have a right model of who's who and what's what and picking up wonderful characters to to have them learn about and and how god in the the models of excellence all these people were god-centered and god-based because you can't be excellent without him so so thank you Thank um, you. I'd like to oh, here comes Zary. Perpetuity. Yes. Right. Yeah. Hold on okay, Zary. I remember uh, in December I was uh, I've been uh, putting a catalog of my artwork together, and I remember uh, when this uh, belief of Corona came and it seemed uh, life-threatening, and I was able to work with gratitude a lot. And also this, uh, and uh, this was, and I got a lot of support uh, that was just God working with me. Um, and I thought about something, I was just looking at my old diary that my grandmother had once told me that sometimes that her aunt was healed of blindness and she could see. And I remember she could see, well, and I thought, how could she have cataract and see? And grandmother said, because that's a belief that that's there. It's just going to fall off, you know. It's not true. And then one day it did fall off, you know, and it was really amazing. And this lady was like in her 90s. So um, I really believe that the gratitude, even when it seems like today I was thinking, oh, it would be so nice if uh, this whole situation would change with these, uh, you know, officials here in Germany. And I thought, well, God is the only official. And hatred does not do anything but keep us from the joy of God. So I can only do God's work to go forward. And so I was saying, look at how rich you are. Look at all of this work and how it blesses people and it will bless more people. So that is what uh, I think we, and it was not time, and, and the thought came to me when it seemed as if I was going to pass away. Uh, the thought came, you're not ready to go. You have so much to do. And so that woke me up from some of the nonsense, too. Thank you. Thank you. That's another illustration. Got I think it's just children that get afraid. I mean, I remember myself when I went to the hospital. This was even before science. And I was told that I had something in my breast and I was to come the next day for surgery and so on and so forth. I mean, the next week. So, you know, I didn't eat or drink anything the night before, but I was so gripped with the fear and the thought of the children. You know, what I had little children then, three of them at the time. What am I going to do? The fear, I think, was the problem. I, I, knew, that I knew God. I was reading my Bible, 
just reading my Bible, thinking it was the Lord's um, Psalm 23, and you know, just clinging to the fact of, oh, this cannot happen. God will not make this happen. And I went back, and there was nothing. They couldn't see anything. I mean, <laughs> is but the fear alone, I guess, would have killed me. <laughs> exactly. No, that's true. And that is. And so, yeah, it's for everyone. Um, yeah. The fear. That's why she says, if you're able to get over the fear, it's three quarters done. So. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. If you have to do something like that, you can't fear it. This is Eddie says, if you need to go to a doctor, make sure it's a Christian scientist. What yeah. the heck does that mean? Make sure he's a loving, God-fearing person. Uh, and there are many um, people that I know have had to have medical experiences, and it's been just fine. Ever, there have been angels around them. It doesn't have to be some horrible thing. Remember, you control it all in your own thought. Conquer the fear. Always. We that's, should learn I think that's why, you know, if I'm praying, then I better be praying, trusting the prayer. <laughs> you know, I, but to pray and to be so fearful <laughs> that in retrospect, it's like, oh, my goodness, what was I doing? You know, right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and, and some Christians have an abnormal fear of a lot of things mm-hmm. and that and certainly doctors, and that all of this must be overcome. Um, All is infinite mind and it's infinite manifestation. We have to start somewhere. You cannot go through this life terrified of all these things and think you're a Christian scientist. You you overcome the fear, and and then you'll probably never have to ever see a doctor. (laughs) As Lawrence said, it is the fear. So, And we also... We also can apply what science and health says. It says we learn through uh, science or through suffering. So, yes, people can go to doctors. Um, I, I share my testimony for the glory of God. Having been to one for 40 years, and it's all health and all goodness and all strength and all work. And uh, we we can also learn through the science and know how to go through the office. <laughs> it's kind of a, you know, learn through the science and not go through the thing. So I'm just saying this for the sake of maybe new people or something. Uh, yes, we are so programmed and so taught to go to doctors that it's going to take a while to understand that, that we don't have to do that. Right. But we need to take up the science. And so yeah. that we go, yes, learn through the science, not through the going through the experience. That is absolutely possible with this amazing science of the Christ. Yes. <clears throat> um, Craig, would you like to mention what you wrote on the forum? Do you, um... My pleasure. It always... It always makes me happy to see if I can get a glimpse of what we are in the in what we read. And uh, uh, um, Isaiah uh, fifty-eight, verse twelve, I believe it is. It says, "And they that be they that be shall be of thee should shall build the old waste places." They shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repair of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. And it, it clearly comes to me that all through, through all ages, there have been failures, including the failure of the Boston organization. And, uh, and then people, or God puts people in place to, to repair and to, and to restore the, <clears throat> and to lead believers to their good works and that's us and everybody else that picks up you know what he's been given them so i just felt just today i just felt like i was i felt like i my life was important and our lives were thank you thank you (laughs) and you know this is so true if we when we see cities or towns or places that seem to be not doing well for various reasons businesses left all of this can be restored. 
can all be made better. We'll build up the old waste places. In a twinkling of an eye, it can be done by this truth. And also in Isaiah, if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness be as the noonday. That is your recipe for depression. All right? If you're ever depressed, when you give of your heart's rich overflow to others, satisfy the afflicted soul. When you do that, what happens? The light shall rise in your obscurity and the darkness shall be as the noonday. It will all go as you, as you, as, as Craig says, you have a purpose in life. You're doing for others all that darkness. I have said my definition of hell is to just be concerned with your own little life, getting all your little house in order, your little children so perfect and everything just so wonderful, which is what we started with. Is that all that you want to accomplish in life? Hmm. That is hell because it's self, selfish, self-involved. You must love. You, you can't love God if you don't love your fellow man and pray and work for him. And then there's one other point that I want to get to before we close. It was what Parthens wrote about, a beautiful statement. The Indians caught some glimpses of the underlying reality when they called a certain beautiful lake the smile of the great spirit. Then he quotes Mrs. Eddy, too, about a rose is the smile of God. And he goes into it now. Spirit is something you feel you can't see, right? It lists just here and there. But soul, I mean, it's an interesting thing, but soul is sort of the beauty of what we seem to see. Um, so, and then I love what, um, I often go to this on soul, the soul lesson, 1937 college, what Bicknell Young says. Because we talk about the beauty, the soul of a musician or the, the soul of a rose, all of this. And um, Bicknell Young says on 60, page 64, the one who is demonstrating soul will not seek to do it, but the beauty of his soul will be manifested in his surroundings. And soul particularly stands for the things that beautify human experience and make life more enjoyable. Soul is a word that signifies beauty, happiness, harmony, peace, and so on. Soul indicates a higher attainment of science than mind. Mind signifies reasoning faculties. Soul is the spontaneity of knowing without process. Soul is the isness of all. And soul is the substance of all beauty, the principle, the activity, the law of all that is beautiful. It is the impulsion of all true expression. Man is a state of revelation, spontaneously showing forth soul. It goes on, but um, it, it's beautiful to me to think of soul that way. And, and in thinking of the smile of the great spirit, and I hope we have time to end. I want Gary to read Little Brown Duck Shingy Biz since it seems like some of you don't know that. And and the smile of the great spirit, that's Indian. And I thought, too, of most of you know the story of, of George Washington and how he was a tall man, six foot four or something. And he was riding it was the French and Indian War and they, and they, they shot at him four times. Uh, right at his breast, they shot the horse out from under him twice, and he was unharmed, unharmed. And in, there's a book you all should read. It's called The Spiritual Journey of George Washington. He, he had a prayer book he worked with every day. He wrote these prayers out in longhand that he worked with. And the, the author of this book says that he... Because of those prayers, it's just like Craig's grandmother. Because of those prayers, the world is a better place. The United States was a better place. Now we won't have time for it. So I'll, I won't. You all have to read. We'll do it another time. Little duck shingy bus. But I want to read about George Washington now. <laughs> so anyway, years later, it said, years later, after this experience he had, um, he, he meets this aged Indian chief, and the Indian chief says, 
I am chief and ru- ruler. Well, I'll let Gary read it. We'll read that. Okay, we'll end on that. Okay, all right. So he he meets with a, a, an, a an old Indian chief, and the Indian chief bowed to George Washington with immense respect, while his interpreter translated the Indian chief's prophecy. Quote, I am chief and ruler over my tribes. My influence extends to the waters of the Great Lakes and to the far Blue Mountains. I have traveled a long and weary path that I might see the young warrior of the great battle. It was on the day when the white man's blood mixed with the streams of our forest that I first beheld this chief. I called to my young man and said, Mark yon tall and daring warrior. He is not of the red coat tribe. He hath an Indian's wisdom, and his warriors fight as we do. Himself alone is exposed. Quick, let your aim be certain, and he dies. Our rifles were leveled, rifles which, but for him, knew not how to miss. Twas all in vain. A power mightier far than we shielded him from harm. He cannot die in battle. I am old and soon shall be gathered to the great council fire of my fathers in the land of shades. But ere I go, there is something bids me speak in the voice of prophecy. Listen, the great spirit protects that man and guides his destinies. He will become the chief of nations and a people yet unborn will hail him as the founder of a mighty empire. End quote. Wow. It's a wonderful book. Was he a perfect man? No, but who is? <laughs> but what he did, and, and to, to read his prayers, and to see what our, again, what our, they call him our founding father, what our country is based on. It's God. Wherever God is, there is good and there's progress. Doesn't matter how difficult the situation is, people turn to God. It's always God. So, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.